Burning Books with Eric Beck-Rubin. Hello, and welcome to the Burning Books podcast, where we discuss, celebrate, and explore great books, very good books, books in which there's something to appreciate or admire, as well as books that are the opposite of all those things. Today, we're into the penultimate episode of the Centenary Declaration season, where we're looking at books about Israel from writers both within and without, including Syed Kashua, Asaf Gavron, Orly Castell-Bloom, Dror Burstein, Zachary Lazar, S. Yazar, and Omri Bum. Some are written in Hebrew, others in English. Some are contemporary, others classics. Today we'll discuss Yoel Hoffman's novel, meditations, memoirs, extended, non-formatted haikus, book of prayers. It's called Moods and was translated by Peter Cole in 2015. Moods is a tough book to describe. I read an excerpt to someone, and this was that excerpt. And in fact, wherever you look, you'll see yourself. And others, too, are only images on the screen that's you. As a woman once said to us, what am I to you? When you look at me, you see only yourself. And I'm here. Here. The person listening to that excerpt said... That's rather egotistical. Yes, I said. On reflection, I guess it is. Things in the world only exist when they are projected onto the narrator. Wherever you look, you'll see yourself, he says. But on later reflection, I thought, of all the characters that come in and out of this book, sometimes for a line or two, sometimes for a line or two every 50 pages, the narrator is the least understood of any of them. We know about some of the narrator's neighbors, an architect, a fat person, an Italian speaker, but we know almost nothing about the person who tells us these things. Has he visited the prostitute he talks about? Maybe. Then again, when we reread the above excerpt, he does say that as much as the world only exists when it's reflected in him, he accepts the same is true for all others that he, the narrator, only exists when he comes into contact with another character. So maybe it's the opposite of egotistical. Maybe it's ego-denying. Maybe. That excerpt is from part 158 of a total of 191. 191 parts comprise the sum of this book. Each part is perhaps a couple hundred words long, This book seems very short, though it took me several more days to read than I had expected. This is a book that has emphatically no beginning, middle, or end. No anchoring points. No safe harbors. No true norths. The first time it pauses on the idea of an end is in the 140s, and then the idea is quickly forgotten, as if the author is making fun of even conceiving of an end, making fun of you or perhaps himself. If I'd take another try at describing moods, I'd say it's like bits of ceramic you find on someone's kitchen floor. You think, as you gather these pieces up, they will form a vase or something. But then you see none of these pieces fits together. They're just shards. An evocative word, shards, 
in the sense that Freud often uses that word exactly as a metaphor for describing memories that cannot be assimilated into a chain of meaning. In other words, fragments that don't fit into a story. What you get from these shards, in Freudian and Hoffmanian terms, are occasions for meditation. But even that may be putting it too strongly, because with Mood's lack of narrative fortitude, the shards are more like casual inducements to meditation, each one a door you walk through only to discover that there's no room on the other side. This effect is certainly deliberate, as Hoffman is careful to make sure that fewer than a handful of his 191 shards are internally coherent or self-contained. For example, It's been ages since we've spoken of beautiful things. We remember how beautiful the widow was, although by most people's standards, her face was ugly. We weren't, however, bound to her at all because she remained within herself, as she was, only up to the borders where the air begins. If we were Catholic, we'd go to the priest and confess before him that we haven't received with true submission the divine design and we've sought for ourselves empty space. If you're confused, you've come to the right or wrong place. Widows, Catholicism, they each make a kind of sense on their own, but together? Maybe the point is, don't even try. Maybe. And yet, in thinking back, was I ever annoyed by this book? Never. I loved reading it. It was a deeply pacifying experience. When I read that Hoffman teaches Buddhism and other Eastern cultures and subjects, it made sense. Sort of. Which is as much sense as anything is going to make surrounding moods. Something noted above about the ego. When referring to his narrator, the author prefers the plural we to the singular I. Usually, but not all the time. Still, though, let's go with it. So, in moods, we think this, we did that. It's an odd affectation. It can't be ignored or fully assimilated by the reader, at least not the English reader. And I took it as, A, another strike against egoism. Although one could also argue that using first-person plural is obnoxiously egotistical. And B, part of the structure of this book, and more generally, part of a trend towards non-assimilation or resistance to any kind of reduction, clarity, simplicity, coherence. Further on this point, just as early on in moods, when the reader thinks that he or she may have caught on to a structural element of the story, or even a shadow of a structural element of the story, mention of a beginning, an action, a protagonist, that's when the narrator will inevitably break in. I could write a bona fide story with plot twists and intrigue, and an ending cut off like a salami, to keep it modern. Books like those have at least 328 pages, and in the end, mobs of people running around you like holograms. But I can't, because of the turquoise sunbirds. And why can't he? Because of the turquoise sunbirds. In other words, for no reason, except that such stories are unnatural. Unlike turquoise sunbirds, for example, if such things even exist. If I were to say what this book is about, I guess it is about the possibilities of things existing, I think. 
that brings us back to that plural we, as well as to the continual creation and abandonment and occasional half-return to shards of the story which fill the pages of this book. And maybe that's why I liked moods so much. To go back to that first excerpt about Catholicism. If we were Catholic, we'd go to the priest and confess before him that we haven't received with true submission the divine design and we've sought for ourselves empty space. Is this Hoffman slyly admitting that he eschews the divine plan, the beginning, middle, end, in favor of empty spaces? Is this even a sly admission? Isn't he pretty much saying it? In closing, nothing closes, and there's nothing I can say certainly about this book, or any other book. Maybe? There's a thing that Paul Murray, the Irish novelist, does when he writes dialogue for teenagers. He ends sentences, declarative sentences, with question marks. As a result, everything becomes undercut, because teenagers venture so much, but know so little. At the same time, though, maybe they have a secret knowledge of the uncertainty of the world. Hoffman's book is a question mark that leaks into other books. No other book will be quite the same after Moods, at least not for a while, I don't think. Next up on Burning Books will be the final episode in this season, a nonfiction work of biblical interpretation, an inversion and subversion of the conventional understanding of the story of Abraham's binding of Isaac. It's by the academic and critic Omri Bum. Burning Books is part of the Latopia network of podcasts, and you can hear back episodes, subscribe, and reach me there via the email the show button, all by going to latopia.com, spelled the way it sounds, and following the link to Burning Books. I also enjoy getting your tweets, nasty and nice. I'm at Burning Books Pod, and you can reach me at Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Beck Rubin. My thanks to Natalie Matheson, Hakan Ozgan for the music, to Peter Cox, executive producer of the program, and as always, go Jays. Hey.